Alrighty, so last week we left off. Thanks everyone for coming. Last week we we uh, were speaking about the closing sections of Shmona Esrei, that's Elokai Nitzar, the history of Elokai Nitzar, Ose Shalom, and the different variations of Ose Shalom. We also mentioned the Hiratzon at the end, which was first mentioned by their Amma. Mechida also talks about it, I found later. Now, we're at a very interesting point in the tefillah because we have a point in the tefillah which actually doesn't exist in the Sidur. The truth is most Sidurim forget to mention that there's such a thing as Chazarat Hashatz, that there's such a thing as the Chazara. If it was your first time to a synagogue and you were Jewish and it's your first time coming to Shul, you would never know that the Chazara actually existed. You would never know that there was a Chazarat Hashatz. Even Arts Girl forgets to tell you that uh, there is a, a Hazan's repetition, which is going to happen here, and uh, this is how the Hazan's going to do it. Most Sidurim completely forget to mention that there is a Chazarat Hashliach Tzibor. So, where does this Chazara come from? What is the source? Why is it that we repeat Shmona Esrei? And where does it come from? So. It would seem that this Takana is as early as the early Tanaim because, and presumably since the time of Rabbi Gamliel, who instituted, who really canonized the Shemona Esrei and instituted the general Seder HaTefillah, which we follow today. So the first explicit mention of Chazarat HaShliach Tzibor, or henceforth the Chazara, is in a Mishnah Rosh Hashanah, at first glance, you'd think, no, it would be in Brachot, but no, it's not in Brachot. In Brachot, maybe we see inexplicit references about the Kedushah, about Modim, about... You'll see inexplicit references to the Chazarat HaShatz in Mesechet Brachot. But in Mesechet Rosh Hashanah, where there's a lot more detail involved in the discussion about the Shemona Esrei of the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah, in that... In that context, the Mishnah has a machloket between Rabbi Gamliel and the Chachamim as to what the takana of Chazarat HaShliach Tzibor was. What was the takana and how did it work? So it seems that the, both of them agreed um, fundamentally what exactly the takana was. First, everyone does the, does the, uh, the Amidah together quietly, and then uh, the Shliach Tzibor repeats it. Their argument seems to be relegated to specifically what, how, how is it set up? Technically and mechanically, how is it set up? So let's look at the Mishnah together. Uh, here on the Gemara in the Mishnah in, in Rosh Hashanah, the last, probably the last or second to last Mishnah. It says, Seder HaTekiot Shalosh Shalosh Shalosh, and it begins the whole Mishnah talking about the Tekiot, which occur in the middle of the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah. And finally at the end, when it's done with these um, with these uh, details about the tekiot, it says, "Kishem shashliach tzibur chayav kol kach kol yachid v'yachid chayav." Just like the shliach tzibur is chayav in the Shmona Esrei, so too is every individual in the congregation. Rabban Gamliel Omer shliach tzibur motziat harabim midechovatan. While Rabban Gamliel says that the shliach tzibur is exempting the, the rest of the tzibur from their obligation. So the Gemara goes on to explain, and this is on Lamedalet a bit. The Gemara says, "Kishem shetzliach sibur chayav kol yach kach kol yachid v'yachid." 
So what is going on, says the Gemara. Tanya, we learned in a Braita, Amru Lora Ben Gamliel, Lidvarecha Lama Sibur Mitpaladin. The Chachamim asked Ben Gamliel, wait a second, you're telling us that fundamentally the way it works is that the Shliach Sibur can exempt and fulfill the obligation for the rest of the Sibur. So if that's true, why does the Sibur say a Tefillah Belachash? Why do they say a quiet Tefillah? Answers of Gamliel to the Chachamim, in order so that the Shiach Sibur should have time to arrange his tefillah, meaning to mentally prepare for the tefillah out loud. But fundamentally, his tefillah out loud is the main one. Amar lahem Rabbi Gamliel, according to Gamliel, replied to the Chachamim, according to you, if the Shiach Sibur is the one who's fulfilling the obligation for everybody else, why is it that the people um, need to hear his chazara? I'm sorry, if the people individually fulfill the obligation for themselves, why does the Shiach Sibur have to do chazarat hasha? So they answered, Amrullah, they said to him, et baki, in order so that he can fulfill the obligation for the person who is not fluent and expert in the entire Shemona Esrei. Amar lahem, and he responded to them, the counter argument, no, just like he can, uh, according to your Svara, if he can be Motsi, the person who's not a Baki, he could also be Motsi, the people who are Bakim. It's the same thing. The Rashba explains that in the view of Rabbi Gamliel, all these mitzvot are like a mitzvat chova, like a birkata mitzvot. And therefore, every bracha he says, even if he was Yosei already, he could still be Motsi other people. That's the way Rabbi Gamliel. Uh, understands it. And the Gemara on the next page actually goes on to discuss, I think this is uh, the last page of Rosh Hashanah, goes on to discuss the Howie Paskin. I believe the Gemara comes out to Paskin like the Chachamim, and it's it has some discussion as to whether or not we Paskin like Rabbi Gamliel, and it says we only Paskin like Rabbi Gamliel on Rosh Hashanah because there's many Brachot. Over there, when on Rosh Hashanah, when there's many Brachot which we're generally unfamiliar with, um, and most people don't say them all year. In that case, we hold like Rabbi Gamliel because, I, I think I'm quoting this correctly, but I'm not on the sugi right now, but because there's the, um, because there are brachot that we're not generally familiar with, therefore the, the shliach tzibor's bracha is the main uh, affair. Is the ikar. Okay, so if this is the mikar, there's a number of questions. First of all, what is the importance of the mastir of preparing the uh, the Shimon uh, Esrei according to Rabbi Gamliel. This is a question which mostly goes unanswered in the post scheme. It seems that there was a time when people were not. We know this already. We've discussed this. The introduction to Shimon Esrei, but there was a time when people weren't all fluent in the entire language of all the eighteen brachot, and perhaps the Shiach Sibur had to mentally prepare. Perhaps that was the significance of of giving him time to be mastir. But furthermore, there's other problems. If it's really both in Rabban Gamliel and in the Chachamim, why is it per- permissible to say bracha she You're going to say that the people are going to say brachot quietly even though they're already going to get fulfilled their obligation later? That's a bracha she nasicha. The, 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 the Shiach Sibur is going to say it. Why are you saying it again? Just you're saying it to give him time? What's, what's the point in that? And according to the Chachamim also, how could he repeat if everyone, was already fulfilled, if everyone has already fulfilled their obligation? Furthermore, we could ask just bismanazet today, modern day. Why is it today that we um, repeat the Shmona Esrei if everybody today who's in shul is fluent in the Shmona Esrei? If this is the source for why we uh, 
we say Chazarat HaShatz. Today there should be no reason for saying Chazarat HaShatz. So we're not the first to ask these questions. And this was already addressed by the Rishonim. So in a separate discussion in the end of the Gemaran Megillah, the Rush says tangentially when he's discussing Pares al Shema, he says that it's important, even if everybody in the shul would be a Baki, still the Chachamim wanted to make the Takana no matter what. The Takana was all encompassing, whether people are Bakim or not Bakim. Why? Because we need to say Kedushan Modim. What is this business? The Kedushan, the part of the design of the Tefillah was that there's a, a, a quiet one Esrei, a Laosh one Esrei, and the Laosh one Esrei's function is in order, the Chazarah's function is in order to incorporate Kedushah and Modim. Furthermore, he says it's not a problem with Brachal Vatala because we know that the Gmaran Brachot says, B'Shem Rabbi Yochanan and Daf Chaf Aleph Amr Aleph, V'Levai Sheit Balel Adam Kolayom Kulo. If only a person could pray all day. And what that means is, in the Gemara's context, is that saying an extra prayer, as long as you add something, is permissible. Rabbi Yochanan holds that Avodah uh, could be such an ideal ecstasy that if only we were able to do Avodah all day, and therefore saying Shemon Esrei more than once is not a problem insofar as you add something, in which case here we are adding, we're adding Kedushan Modim. So that's how the Rush understands the Takana of Shemon Esrei today. The Rambam was asked this a little bit more directly. The Rambam was asked directly in a Teshuvah, in Shalat Teshuvot Pe'er Hador Kuf Memchet. The Rambam was asked, what, um, what should we do today? In a shul, when everyone is a baki, everybody knows the Shmona Esrei. No one needs any help. They all know it by heart, or they have a sidur. Are we supposed to check, see if everybody is a baki, and then omit the chazara? Is it a bracha levatala? Should we do it anyway because it was already a takana? Yilamdenu rabbeinu. So the Rambam replies, like a proper lamdin, and he says, first of all, no, this is not a bracha she'ena tzricha. A bracha she'ena tzricha is a bracha which is said, which is superfluous. A bracha which isn't required. A bracha she'ena tzricha is when someone makes a bad decision to say a bracha, and therefore that bracha is superfluous. But in the case where a bracha is a takana of chazal, it by virtue, is not a bracha she'en If Chazal told you to say Chazarat HaShatz, that's not a bracha she'en That's by design, that's part of the Takana, that's not called a bracha she'en Furthermore, says the Rambam, The Chachamim did not give their words as a measurement. What that means is, when the Chachamim made this Takana, they made it as a broad decree. They weren't going to make a they, were going, they, they intended when they made a decree to make it broad and to make it irrespective of edge cases. They weren't going to work into it criteria which are going to be difficult to determine or difficult to, to ascertain. Finer criteria which, oh, okay, so you only do it if some people are baki, most people are baki. That's not how a, how a gzera works. That's not how a decree works. When the Chachamim make a gzera, it's a gzera forever. This is how it's done. It's an all-encompassing decree finished. So no matter if everyone's Baki, not Baki, we're going to do Chazarat HaShatz forever. Now, this Rambam would, see, would seem very simple. Uh, if you, he actually brings a Raya from, it's interesting, the Gmaram Sachim says that on the night of uh, Friday night, in the shul we make Kiddush to be Motzi the Orchim in order to fulfill the obligation for the guests. The Sama Ashkenazim still do this today. The Rambam says over there, even though Batla HaTam, Lo Batla HaTakana, we still do this today even though Batla HaTam, even if we don't have Orchim. 
there's a separate discussion in the Rishonim exactly if this is true because it's very complicated the idea of batahatam batahatakana when do we say it when do we not say it for all intents and purposes here in this case without getting into all the extraordinary lambdas the Ramam here seems to understand that this case is a case of batlahatam lo batlahatakana now this would seem all merry and great if the Rambam didn't himself institute one of the most tectonic changes to Chazat Shas in history there's another Teshuvah from the Rambam which is brought in the Radvaz and it's also brought in the Sefer Master Rokeach by his son Rabbi Avram ben Abraham and according to them the Rambam was the one who is metaken what the Ashkenazim today called the Haychish Maynesrei some of the Ashkenazim today call it a Heichesh Maynesrei, like they think it means half, but the truth is the actual, the Heicha Kedusha, the actual word is Heicha, which is a Yiddish expression for taller or grander, because in a Heicha Kedusha, the idea is that everyone says the Kedusha together, they say the entire first three Brachot of Shemona Esrei together out loud, therefore it's considered grander or higher. Heicha Kedusha is really a, 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 a mis... A mis a misunderstanding of what the word actually is. So today, people are familiar with this minhag, this minhag of the yeshivot and a minhag of other places where if they have running law on time or it's just their minhag, they'll do a shorter shmona esrei. So where does this come from? So according to the Rabbi Avram ben Arambam, there was a time in Egypt when the Rambam witnessed that in the shuls, the simple people would not respect Hazarat Hashat. They would not respect the the time because they would say well we know the Shmona by heart we already said it who really cares about uh, the the shots and therefore they would talk to each other they he says they would spit they would sneeze they would talk to their friends they'd walk outside they basically not pay attention they wouldn't answer amen they wouldn't pay, pay attention during the Hazarat shots so the Rambam decided that this was a tremendous chilul Hashem besides for not being halakhically valid and not being okay it was also Chilul Hashem. Think about it. All the Goyim knew about this and spoke about this, that the Jews used to talk in synagogue. It was really not a good thing. Furthermore, from a Lundus perspective, if anyone's actually interested in, in delving into Batlatan Batlatakana, he said that the entire, the entire Matara, the entire purpose of the Chazara was nullified. Because the whole purpose is to be Motzia Che'enu Baki, is to fulfill the obligation for a person who isn't fluent in Shmona Esrei, a person who wouldn't know. But the people who aren't Baki are not paying attention because all their other friends who are Bikim are distracting them. They're, they're talking with them outside. Even the Enon Bikim, even the people who don't know, are not going to have their obligation fulfilled because of these other people who are making Litzanut. Therefore, the Ramam said, pro versus cons, when it comes between a Chilul Hashem and nobody's going to uh, be Yotze anyway, therefore it's better to be, to, to be okay the Takana Lagamri. And instead, we're going to do what as follows. We're going to do the first three brachot together out loud, and we're going to incorporate Kiddushah. Then we're going to do the middle 13 quietly. And then the last three we're also going to do together. So for Shachrit, obviously, we'd put Birkat Kohanim inside that. And the, and the Moroccans till today do this. A lot of Ashkenazim aren't aware of this, but this is the way that many Sfaradim do a Haicha Kiddushah when we're, we're in a rush. We do all the first three together, and then the middle, the middle 13 or the middle... Uh, on Yom Tov would be less, are done quietly, and then sometimes the, the Shliach Zibor would, would like end uh, with one of the brachot a little bit loud so everyone should know he's getting up to Ritzay, and then we all do Ritzay together. That's the, the Takana that the Rambam made according to Rabbi Abraham ben Rambam. 
so it's important to to point out that this is not creating a new Chazara. What the Rambam in effect is doing is he's nullifying Chazara Tashat. He's being mevatel the Takana. He's completely nullifying the Takana. He's just finding a way to do Tefillah Balachash with also incorporating Kedusha and Modim and Birkat Kwanim. So that's, it's, that's an important note. It's not like he's making uh, a new type of Chazara Tashat. Now the Radvaz brings two versions of this Teshuvah. The Radvaz lived around the time of the Arizal. And he concludes that, look at these two tshuvot of the Rambam. In one he's saying that, no, you never been vatel the Takana. In the other one, he is uh, clearly um, being vatel the Takana. So the Radvaz says that this Takana of the Rambam was only bi'ito bismano. It was only local, specific to its time. It was only for Egypt. The reason he answered this tshuvah was because he, he says that after the expulsion in Spain, he received a letter from some of the Spanish immigrants who had moved to Egypt, that they got into an argument with the Mustad Abim, with the original Arabic settlers of Egypt. And those Jewish people um, all had their minhag since the time of the Rambam, since the institution of the Rambam, to do a half of Shmona Esrei, and they were up in arms. We're, we're, we know what we're talking about. We're Tamid Chachamim. We're from Castilla. We're from, we're from uh, Spain. Nobody in Spain does this business. You have to stop this right now. And they said, no, we're doing it like the Rambam. So the Radvaz Paskin, like the like the Spanish, uh, like the, the Sfaradim, he said, no, this is the more proper way to do it, al Gemara. And the Takana of the Rambam was only for its time. So as you can see, most of the historical discussion of the Chazat Hashats is also very technical, it's also very halachic. Um, the Moroccan Minhag in many places was to do a Haycheh Kedusha, I don't know what the Moroccans call it, if there's probably some Arabic name for it. Um, but the Beit Yosef in uh, Reish Lamid Dalid brings, and this is by Mincha, he brings that the, the Minhag of the Sfaradim is indeed to do this, the Minhag of the Ashkenazim is not to do this, and yet he says the Minhag in Sifat, meaning the disciples of the Arizal, was never to do this, only to do a full Chazarat Hashatz, a full Chazara, um, for Kabbalistic reasons, and they put a nidoy, a cherem, on anybody who would do a haiche kedusha. That's what the, the Mechaber says. And he says, ra'oy, it's, it's, it's proper to not do a haiche kedusha in as much as you can prevent, as, as you could avoid it. Chamovad Yosef in Halichot Olam, he, he does not like haiche kedushas himself. He says that the only time you should really do it is um, if you're short on time, or if you very short on time for the Zman, or if you have only 10 or 12 people and you know you're the only Tamid Chacham there and everybody else is not going to answer Amen and it's all going to be a Barchalav Atala because you don't have 10 people answering Amen, in that situation, do a Haicha Kedusha because that involves the congregation and then you're sure that everything's going to, that everyone's going to be Yotzeh. Among the Moroccans, Rabbi Yosef Masas also said that he disagreed with Chamovadia. He said that, uh, that this Minhaga the Rambam um, could still be valid, and he says for two reasons. First of all, and this is why the Moroccans today still do it. First of all, in order for, for the entire Hazrat Hashats to work, you need one of two conditions. First of all, you need the Enobaki to have in mind to be Yotze. And number two, you need him to have to understand every word. He has to understand the Lashon HaKodesh. Otherwise, if he doesn't understand what the Shiach Tzibur is saying, <clears throat> it actually doesn't matter. He's not going to be Yotze. So says to Yosef Masas, when are you going to find that today? If a person doesn't understand the words, how is he going to know to be to, to, he's the type of person to, to have in mind to be Yotzei, and if a person doesn't, you, you rarely ever find a person who will understand the words and know to be Yotzei and listen along for that intention. It's very rare, therefore, he held it would be better to do 
a a heicha kedusha. Today, with people modern uh, in modern Israel, when people do speak Hebrew and they might understand the words, there could be situations where it is possible that Hazrat Hashatz could be in order to be Motzi Sheino Baki, but I've never heard of uh, of somebody actually aligning themselves with this structure. So there's one last source. At first, uh, most of the sources assume that the Rambam is the first, um, what's the word? The first advent of such a minhag. But possibly there's an earlier advent of a minhag like this. In the Shibole HaLeket, this is actually brought in, uh, in, in uh, Shibole HaLeket Siman, Memzayin, the Beit Yosef brings it in Reish Chaf Beit <clears throat> in regards to the Zman of Mincha. The Shibole HaLeket quotes Rabbeinu Afrayim, who in turn quotes Rabbeinu Haigaon. And the Teshuvah that he quotes is actually in Aramaic, so it would seem that it is a legitimate Teshuvah from Reb Haigaon. What Reb Haigaon says is that in the Yeshiva in Bavel, if they were short on time, and it was about to become the Zman of uh, Mincha, or I guess Shachrit, what they would do in the Yeshivot was that everyone would first straight away start the Tefillah Belachash. They would all start the silent Shmona Esrei together, the entire Kahal. And then, after they were done, the Shliat Sibur would say the first three Brachot out loud, and they would do Kedushah together. And then when they were done Kedushah, he would say and they would end the Chazarat shots right then and there. So that's not at all the way the Ramam does it. It's not at all the way we do it today, but that was something that's already existed since the time of the Geonim. So there is some form of precedent uh, to this. Today, of course, the Ashkenazim know that their minhag is not, and this is already discussed in the earlier postgame, their minhag is not to say the first three Bachot out loud with the Shliat Tzibor. They say, it, they say, they wait for him to say the first three Brachot, and the idea is there so that they should be, answer, they should be able to answer Amen to the first three Brachot. And then after he's done, they, they start from the beginning, the poskim say that if a, if a Moroccan, if a, if a regular Sfaradi is, is saying along with them and his minhag is to actually say the brachot along, he should follow the Ashkenaz minhag over there. And the reason is obvious because you, you, can't, uh, you can't have, you're basically doing a, a stira. You can't, you can't have two people davening a tefillah b'tzibor at the same time. You have to daven tefillah b'tzibor. So you have to wait until the entire tzibor is starting the tefillah before you start. So in a Moroccan congregation or a Sfaradi congregation where they're going to do the first three together, then yes, you can, you can start with the shliach tzibor yourself. But if you're with Ashkenazim, it's just going to be you and the chazan talking. So you're not davening tefillah b'tzibor in the proper way. Okay, so that's as much as I think we can cover for the halachic aspect, for the historical aspect. Now let's move on to some smaller things. Um, I'm, I'm sorry if I went quickly, but uh, did I? <laughs> I'm not even sure if, time, if the time flew. All right, tonight will be a, a, a little bit of a shorter year. So that's the halacha, halachic aspect. And the um, content of Chazrat shots again, doesn't change. Uh, we, we're saying the same brachot over. We're adding Kiddushah, which we spoke about already. We're adding Modim Zerabanan, which we spoke about already. We're going to add Birkat Kohanim, which we spoke about already. So let's speak a little bit about the significance of Chazarat Hashat. So first of all, the Khatam Sofer says and the Gra says that when Chachamim make a Takana, part of the reason why we say Batlahatam lo Takana is because the Chachamim had secret reasons for doing things and not always do they reveal all of these reasons. And therefore, they don't want people to think that, yeah, we're just as smart and we're going to be mevatel 
And for example, a good, a good example of this would be like Mayim uh, Gluyim, right? You have, uh, uh, there's a Takana that each person shouldn't leave water exposed because a snake might put its venom in it and then slither away and he would have known drink that water and, uh, and die from it. So many poskin hold we don't have snakes. The entire mitziut changed, but um, so therefore we can be vatel the takana. Other other rishonim held no, the takana is valid forever. And the reason for this is because there sometimes there are kabbalistic reasons for why a takana should remain. And the Arizal himself and all of his talmidim um, iterate strongly that there are kabbalistic reasons why we do chazarat uh, hashatz. Uh, in order to explain it Kabbalistically is completely out of scope because it really requires a full analysis of all the tikkunim of the different parts of the theme which are done during the regular Shemon Esrei and how that pertains to doing it a second time and what the final tikkunim are after that. But the, the Arizal famously does say it's very important to do the Chazarav Shliyat and therefore he condemns, uh, or his disciples really did condemn the idea of doing a Hayche Kedusha. Now, Incidentally, there's a passage from the Abu Dirham in his introduction to his Sefer, not the introduction, really, Perak Beit in his Sefer. He's discussing the purposes and the history for why we daven three times a day and why it's so important and why it's uh, so powerful to pray three times a day. There are, there are Nitkan Kenegad Tzimidim, right? It was instituted for the, uh, the sacrifices. And the Abu Dirham over there brings a pshat from one of the Rishonim named Rabbi Abraham ben Shushan, who was a colleague of the Rush. And the pshat was that, yes, there's some relation probably. Um, he says that the pshat, the, the pasuk says, Morning, noon, and evening, I shall speak of your wonders and I shall, I shall, uh, I shall utter your praises. So he says, is Gematria 57. And if you look at the Shemona Esrei, there's 19 brachot. If a person says three Shemona Esreis a day, he is zocheh to the Gematria of Zan to bring Mizonot to the world. If a person says Shemona Esrei three times a day, that in itself is so is powerful enough to bring a tremendous amount of blessing into the world. And that's why we say it three times, so it should be Gematria Zan. Furthermore, and the kizan is mizonot in, in Kabbalistic terminology. It's a type of shefa, a type of or that comes down from Shemayim, which sustains our physical world, to, to simplify that. So, furthermore, he says that even if a person only, he says even just one Shemona Esrei can still bring mazon to the world. How? You have the Tfilah Belachash, that's 19 brachot. Tfilah Hashatz, which is the next 19 brachot, and you have 19 amens. 19 times that a person says amen therefore for each that also equals 57 and a single Shemona Esrei can have the power to bring uh, to bring all the bracha into the world that, that is required by the world so that's some other ideas for one more idea I'll just mention the Gemara says in Brachot um, this is Daf Lamed Bet Amud Bet let me just get the uh, the language correctly I'm sorry I don't want to say this um, incorrectly. The Gemara says, I think it's at the bottom here, through Biochanan. Uh, here we go. No, I'm Rabbi Chama Bar Chanina, not Rabbi Yochanan. Imra'a Adam Sheit Palel, Velona Ana, 
If a person sees that he prayed and he wasn't answered, he should repeat and pray again. As the Pasuk says, uh, hope to Hashem, strengthen and, gird, and uh, embolden your heart, and hope to Hashem again. So I don't remember exactly where I saw this, but I'll just mention that some of the post schemes say that, that this also pertains to the Chazarat Hashas. If a person feels like he didn't have the proper, the proper Kavanah during Shimon Esrei, the Chazara of the Shliatsi Bor is a tremendous opportunity for you to stop, to meditate, and concentrate on every bracha that the Shliach Tzibor is saying and answer Amen in order to rectify uh, uh, his mistake. Not that you'd be suddenly yotzei. If a person had no kavanah in the first three brachot, uh, he's a goner. He, uh, the first, at least the first bracha, he's a goner. He has to say the Shimon Esrei. Again, as people who know the halacha will know, you have to definitely have kavanah for the first uh, bracha. But it's also a tremendous opportunity to meditate on all the brachot and... Um, and to say Amen. Incidentally, although we speak of this as if it's a, uh, a Midat Chasidut, this was how it was done in the time of the Rishonim. In the time of the Rishonim, everybody would stand quietly, eyes closed, and listen to the Shech Tzibor, and they would answer Amen. Baruch Hashem, in many shuls today, there is a decorum during Chazat Hashat. So I can only speak for, for Flatbush. In, mo- in most shuls, there is a general decorum during uh, you know, the, the, the Chazara. And most people today are, you know, they do at least stay quiet. I don't know if their mind is on the Chazara, but <laughs> at least they are, in most shuls, people are quiet during Chazara Tashatz, and it is done with a, with a measure of respect. Okay, so now just to mention, Amen's and Baruch Hu Baruch Shemo, we gave a whole shir on Amen, I don't remember what number, uh, you could always go back on that as to what it means and the significance of the power of saying Amen a uh, hundred times or uh, 99 times a day. Um, Baruch Hu Baruch Shemo, which is also Many most shuls say Baruch Hu Baruch Shemo after the Shem Hashem. The first uh, source for Baruch Hu Baruch Shemo comes from the Rash, as far as we know, possibly his father. Um, that the that he, every time he would hear a Shem Hashem, he would answer Baruch Hu Baruch Shemo, as it says, Kishem Hashem Ekra When I call the name of Hashem, give greatness to your God. That is the Minhag of the Rash. The Mechaber, the Shulchan Aruch, Paskins, that we should all say Baruch Hu Baruch Shemo if we hear the Shem Hashem. There is some discussion among the Poskim, especially the Moroccans love this, whether or not to say Baruch Hu Baruch Shemo by standard bracha, like the Ahanehanin. The Moroccan custom is to say it wherever it's not a Hefsek. Others refrain from doing it unless it's uh, Shemona Esrei. Okay. One last thing, and this is a little bit fun. The last thing I want to discuss, and I'm going to need the Sefer here that I borrowed. Um, the Ater Tavos. There's a bunch of Menhagim, which if you ever go to a, um, if you ever go to a Sparadi shul, a Moroccan shul, an Israeli shul, you might hear them yelling things, and you don't know what they're yelling. So there's a list here in uh, page Kufu Dalit in the Sefer Ater Tavos of all the different Menhagim, of all the different things that people will yell in a uh, Sparadi shul. So this is a a shiur given on the behest of a Moroccan shul. If we're not in the shul right now, at least we can do them the justice of, of explaining all of these minhagim. So the first one is, Elokei Abraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. Everyone yells, or says, responds, Aleyam Shalom. Now, again, many of these, these insertions, these responses, are not necessarily halachically bonding. The poskim assume that the reason they're here is because they're trying to keep the congregation engaged and besides saying Amen and Baruch Hu Baruch Shemo, people should concentrate 
on the words that are being said. When we say, you're mentioning the Avot. So people should reply, After Morita Talma Shibrach Modegeshem, either one, people say, Livracha, because they want it to be Tal or Geshem, which is Livracha, not uh, a bad rain or bad dew. People answer Bikarov. They say uh, in the near future. Some people say Alatzidikim. They answer Aleim Ashalom because they assume perhaps Alatzidikim means that the that these are speaking about the righteous people who have departed. And Etzamech Davida Avdecha Meherat Tatzmiach. According to this sefer in Rabat, they used to answer Tatzmiach. I'm still not clear why they would do that. Maybe they just like the sound of the word. I, I have no idea why that actually. Uh, was said after they would say out loud now I'm not sure why they would I mean the Chazan would also say this I'm not sure why they would do this it could be it's a it's an element of Nusach that some of the earlier Sidurim said it and the later ones didn't or the later ones said it and the earlier ones didn't I, I, I tend towards the latter but that's what they used to re- reply in that bracha after the, this we mentioned in the Shir about Modim, after the Hassan said, In Modim, everyone would answer, Kimeaz. The reason for this is obvious, and that is because all of the earlier Nuschaot, especially the Mustarabi Nuschaot, the, 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 the versions of the Geonim, the versions of the Temanim, the versions of uh, most Mustarabi communities, was to say, uh, was to say, Kimeaz, as it was then, hearkening the word of Az Yashir. And um, eventually the Spanish uh, Nusach, which did not include Kimeaz, became dominant in both Aleppo and in, and in, uh, in Morocco and in most places where Sephardi Jews lived. So most likely this Kimeaz was the congregation kind of uh, either heckling or, or uh, adding this extra word of Kimeaz to the end of this bracha, which was being omitted by the Spanish uh, Chazanim. After Bechol HaChaim Yudu the Moroccan congregation often responds, Baruch Chai Holamim. I do not know why. Uh, over here in the Sefer, they suggest uh, that the, we saw the Gemara a few weeks ago, that Tekef Lahoda Bracha, right after Hoda, a person should say Bracha. So the idea would be that because we praise Hashem, immediately we should follow that with a Bracha, and we, say, we would say Baruch Chai Holamim. So, yeah, that's in so much as, as, as uh, the general outline of Hazrat HaShatz, I should reiterate from last week that the halacha is that when a person is done from uh, saying, when you take three steps back, a person is supposed to remain there until after a Kiddushah, after the Kiddushah of uh, the, until after HaKadosh, Baruchat HaShem HaKel HaKadosh, until then a person should keep his feet together uh, he takes three steps forward for the Kedusha, but that a person has to remain in his spot unless he has to go to the bathroom. A person should not leave the spot. As we mentioned, I think it was last week, because it's a Pizayon. You only take three steps back because of respect. Leaving your space kind of negates the entire point of it. According is the Halakha is Pashut, that is Asur to talk during Chazar Tashatz. The, the, the Mechaber says it very strongly. It's Asur to talk in the middle of Tefillah. It's Asur to talk in the middle of the Chazara. It's even, the poskim say, a person shouldn't even learn in the middle of Chazat HaShatz. You should simply pay attention to Chazan. If you learn, if you're trying to be a tzaddik and you're learning in the middle of Chazat HaShatz, you know, other people around you are going to get the hint that paying attention to Chazan is not so important. They're going to do their own things. They're going to walk around, check their phone, talk to their friend. 
do X, Y, and Z. So there's a decorum which we all are responsible in during the Chazara of the Shliach Zibor, which is one of silent attention. It's, it's, it's uh, slightly military, but we're in front of the king. We can't, you were in front of Melech Machim Lachim. It's a time to stand at attention. It's not a time to, uh, to talk. It's not even a time to learn. You're not chayav to, uh, to uh, be frumer than all of the gedolim and all of the gedolim who tell you not to, not to learn. So um, that's our shir for tonight. And if anybody has any questions or any comments about other minhagim that I'm not aware of, I would, I would uh, love to hear them.